Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we bring back Get Ben as an insult as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 50th episode in the series, Ooh. A Piece of Cake. <laughs> 50! 50 episodes, oh my god. I mean, we, we have a few more of Enough Wicker just because of very special episodes, but 50 of The Golden Girls ready. I can't believe it. I can't believe we're here. That's wow. crazy. I know. Oh my god, I love it. Um, and this one, you know, this one's cute. It's like, uh, it's it's kind of like a clip show. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but of course, this one has, uh, I would say, arguably the most memorable part of this is Mr. Haha, aka Lou. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Because, or Scotty. It, because, it, yeah. <laughs> now you can call him garbage. Uh, <laughs> But um, it's cute, you know. I mean, there's there's a lot of cute moments in here, and uh, there is like the really fun. I think the most memorable thing for me, besides the Mister Haha, is Sophia. <laughs> like, are you making a rum cake? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's definitely different than those two examples. But Rose and the cake is like, oh, maybe the saddest thing. Oh my God, it's intense. Ever. Well, uh, you know, terrible. back to. The Bible of Jim Colucci, uh, Golden Girls Forever. There's actually a quote from Betty White in it that said, "This is the closest that Rose has ever gotten to Betty." Because she's right. talking to Alan, of course, and it's oh, like, "Oh my god, yeah." I mean, and it's that scene. Just first of all, great set usage, by the way. I, you know, mm-hmm. wonderful view of like Rose's old home and like setting that scene up. Right, like we we do get to see goofy parts of the exteriors of Saint Olaf later in the series, but like to have that like intimate nature is like really cute and she's got the ribbon in her hair and she goes back out of the kitchen there's also an oof da mug in the background (laughs) (laughs) fyi which i thought was great but it's just a testament to the power of acting and monologue like it's you know you think of monologues as things that are just done like on stage in shakespeare and shit but like it they're so powerful when they're done well and how complex is it to essentially talk to yourself as a character right and she's like she's reacting as if other people are there because that's sort of the rose character as well so it's just like this wonderful beautiful layered thing and and, you know obviously betty white delivers it impeccably yeah she does it's it's devastating Mm -hmm. and and when she's like you know she's talking about her plans and whatever and then she's like it's my birthday and you can hear like the shakiness and like the right on the verge of tears and oh my god I I really don't watch this episode very often and um I think it's largely because I just sort of forget it's a pretty forgettable episode I think in terms of like comparing it to other ones around it um, well, and it's hard because, like, the cake is the loose theme, but, like, right. even the, the pieces of it don't necessarily always assemble together in your mind. Yeah, honestly, I've actually never, <laughs> before right now, <laughs> put together that the cake is the common theme, even a though the episode is called a piece cake. of cake. Wow, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Only here for the strongest scholarship. <laughs> I know but like also going to that you know s- still speaking about this rose scene like it's actually it really shows um how and really lays on the table how brave rose had to have been to really move away from saint olaf and it's like it's it's like such an incredible thing where it's like i consider my you know myself as someone very uh, apart from rose and the way she would think and like 
the conservatism and like the wanting routine and like familiar and all that kind of stuff forever. And I'm, I'm like, I'm watching this little soliloquy here and being like, this is um, really difficult. Like I, that's an incredible thing. You're like, you're, you know, she talks about there are too many memories and like ties back here, which I can totally relate to, to have like a clean slate, but to completely move all the way across the country to a place that like you have no other ties. Yet. Just I've heard nice things, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's a big fucking deal. So it's honestly like inspirational a little bit. Like you yeah. can do this at any time. It reminds me of, um, we talked about Cheryl Strait a couple episodes back, but I was like, Rosa's having her like wild moment. You know, she, like, <laughs> yeah. she's not going to hike the decision. Right. Trail. She's, she's going to move to Florida. And be kicked um, out uh, because she adopted a cat, by the way. So she's right. not, it's not going to be smooth sailing when she gets there. Also, where are any of her kids? It's her first birthday without her husband. None of her hundreds of children could come. They're all in the hospital for diabetes from the fucking maple brown sugar rice crispy log. They're all still pissed off about the will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, God damn it. Oh my God. Um also <laughs> she talks about Mr. Hickenlooper of the volunteer fire brigade, who I can only imagine is married to mean old lady. <laughs> oh remember she officially right. changed her name. <laughs> Right, she had no smiling muscles. Of course, I know. You know, maybe she had it legally changed. Um, yeah, well, everything in St. Louis was volunteer. Like they, I think there's um, I don't know if it was the last episode or a couple back, but she talked about how they also had a volunteer police force, and I was like, of course they did. Everybody. I believe all of that. Oh, of course. <laughs> and also interesting, and I um, this is from like a character development standpoint, but obviously they put this in just because of the familiarity with Ro- the Rose character and how she talks about St. Olaf. She basically says, like, oh, I know, shut up, Rose. Like, like that her own family, Ugh. this is not like a, this is not a St. Olaf, St. Olafian trait to go on forever. This is a Rose Nyland thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that one little line that she talks about herself, like, it is very clear that it is a personality trait and not something that she inherited from her surroundings. <laughs> right that's, that's a nice call out. yeah you know i mean it's really it's kind of amazing so. um can we go can we go back to uh lose mr haha's oh yeah we're jumping all around of course <laughs> i forget that blanche is even present in this scene i know but... she's so barely <laughs> she is because she's at the table right and it makes sense like it start these birthday but like when they do show her face because they like cut her out of like you know the camera angles like later because obviously she doesn't have any lines um but she's just sitting there and her face is perfect you got like next time you see the episode anybody listening like go back to Blanche's face and she's doing the perfect amount of like she has to be the bridge between Rose and Dorothy's emotions (laughs) she has to be like She's obviously feeling the same as Dorothy of like, what the fuck are we doing at a five-year-old's birthday party? But then also has to be like nice to Rose. So she has this perfect, like, just like you have your gritting through your teeth. Like when somebody knows you're upset, but you're really trying your best to play like that you're having a good time. (laughs) It's really, it's just a thing of beauty. It's like, it's just great acting from Rue McClanahan of like having to bridge those two feelings. Yeah. And uh, that's, it's so important because Rose is so genuinely excited and really wants Dorothy to be happy. And Dorothy is be like past the point of even trying to fake it. Initially, she's so pissed yeah. off that she's there. She hates being there. And like, rightfully so. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> did you have like sensory memories of Chuck E. Cheese? Like, did you go to a lot of Chuck E. Cheese? I never did, man. I... I never did. Wow. I, I I like think it was a it wasn't past my time, but I think like the time that I would have started seeing commercials, I was already a little too old. And we also had like I don't know, you you're from Jersey, but if you're from down south Jersey, we had Sports Park USA, <laughs> which was like basically like a jungle gym type of a Chuck E. Cheese where it's like you would have, yeah, it was fucking cool. It was, it was definitely something that would never be allowed today. It was like big ball pits and you like climb this giant net and fell 20 (laughs) feet. Like it was so insane. And there were arcade games and like you had your shitty pizza parties there and things like that. I never had a birthday party there, but I definitely went to kids' birthday parties and it was fucking shit. Anyway. Yeah. I never had a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese either, but I remember being like very, I would, I, it does make sense, honestly, that you were a little, a tiny little bit too old, because I think I was right. Right on I, the money. You know, like, most of the birthday parties I would go to were my younger cousins. Yeah. So it would be fun for me, and I would, I, I loved it. I loved places like that, but <laughs> cautionary tale, um, <laughs> DZ Discovery Zone, which was yes. kind of like the older kids. Yes. I got fucking chicken pox from the ball pit oh, in no. there, so, yeah. Okay, that's another split uh, place that I went or did I? I might have had also a memory of it. I remember the commercials. DZ Discovery Zone. Yeah, it was so much yeah. fun. And then I got this horribly contagious. Oh, that's horrible. Jesus Christ. Me and my step siblings all got it. From oh there, my so. God. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that was the that kind of place. Out. Yeah, that checks out. That was the kind of place Sports Park USA was for sure. Oh my God. <laughs> but okay, so this, so this whole like weird hot dog hacienda. Um, which is actually more scary than Chuck E. Cheese because at least Chuck E. Cheese, like the For host, sure. is animatronic because, instead of like an old man who is a plumber yeah. on the weekends. Um, <laughs> but have you this whole like entire you know vignette of like Dorothy eventually having a good time mostly because like a five year old like you know feels for her and and slams Mr. Haha with with ice cream sundae so um, cute it reminds me of did you ever read the New York Times food article where the the food reviewer writer went to Senor Frogs in Times Square yes. and got drunk and accidentally had a good time. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god, I loved it because there was kind of like a wave of there was there was a wave of backlash, I think, because they were reviewing these restaurants that were supposed to be that. Like they reviewed Guy Fieri's restaurant and they were like, you know, like you get donkey sauce and everything and everything is cheese and it's fried. And it's like, yeah, dude, what do you think is gonna be the case at Guy Fieri's restaurant? And that was like the vibe that like I feel like he the reviewer thought was gonna happen with senior frogs but then loved it I remember that like very totally well. <laughs> yeah it was it's uh Pete Wells he's the name of the type yeah. the food writer yeah they they eviscerated Guy Fieri's restaurant and that was like a large reason that they closed and everybody's like you guys the times New York Times food writers are not supposed to be touching this motherfucking shit and it's just it is like the funniest thing because Speaking of like weird memories, I have never eaten. Well, first of all, full disclosure: even before the pandemic, your frozen Times Square is closed, but <laughs> had closed. Thank down. the Lord. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I have been to a Senior Frogs in uh, Cancun, <laughs> where my cousin got the real My one. cousin got in very, very drunk. Yeah, the real one. Um, very, very <laughs> drunk, and a lot of guys yelled "No mas cerveza" at her when we walked her back to our hotel room, but. <laughs> wow what a memory hi lauren um other lauren um but 
sounds fun. Exactly. But I did actually step into Senior Frogs in Times Square for a long story short, but I was like, I was basically working um, a little side hustle to uh, use an app to actually measure noise in restaurants in New York City. It was actually kind of an interesting idea, and I think it still exists, and I'm remiss, I I can't remember the name of it, but it was actually done by a a partially deaf man, and he's just like, I actually really rely on, you know, being able to hear somebody I'm talking to at least a little bit, and it's like, I have to know that if I'm meeting someone somewhere, if their sound is, like, out of control, ridiculous, and we've all been in those situations, right, where it's like, oh, cool bar, <laughs> like, cool, I, my ears are bleeding, like, I, this is not fun, I went here to talk to you. Wow, um, that's really so, cool. Yeah, it's super cool, so I, I went in, and because <laughs> I, I guess I was assigned a block of, like, stuff in Times Square. Oh my god. Was, just write them all out. I mean, it was really funny because it was just like even even regular restaurants near Times Square, it was just like obnoxious and you know, off the Richter scale. I would just have to stand in there for like I think it was a minute and just in a place that seemed to be where people are sitting and then like hold the app, right? Like that was the sound measurement. And I just I mean, very much like this uh, you know, this New York Times reviewer, like standing in the middle of Senor Frogs, just like got a glimpse of the ridiculousness going on. And I feel like in that moment, it was just everything Dorothy is feeling when you know, Rose like is like she's like, please tell me you did not do this, Rose. Like, please tell me you did not put me on the birthday list. And it just is that whole idea of like, oh, we're out to dinner, but it's also a show. And it's like for someone like me, I, I am an extrovert and a ham bone. Like, yeah, put me on stage whenever. No, you know, no, um, what you would call it, uh, warning needed. But like, just it's Dorothy's worst nightmare. And I feel like what I saw in like the minute I was in Senior Frogs <laughs> was just that of just like people against their will being pulled into like juggling or some shit. Oh my God, Sarah, it's so funny that you say that because I wrote in my notes when they start chanting for Dorothy and she doesn't want to. I have secondhand embarrassment and I'm like imagining myself at like a Chuck E. Cheese birthday. And I never, I never had Chuck E. Cheese birthday. And honestly, like, I think I knew I never even wanted to entertain that as a possibility because <laughs> I would feel the secondhand embarrassment when they would pull you all would the birthday know. kids up and make them dance. I was like, oh, absolutely. I hate audience participation. I don't even like going to hibachi. <laughs> No, oh my you. god i love it well i'm very glad that i went off on this in your frogs tangent <laughs> i appreciate that but i feel like it's just yeah. I, they really they create this this space the hot dogs hacienda and rose talks about how she saw the commercial on tv like everything everyone's having such a good right? time everything aligns just perfectly it's it's magnificent scene it you know it's really it's just very touching of course little bobby um <laughs> he's so cute i i wrote like a couple times like wow this kid is like perfectly cast he's got this like cute little smile and b arthur genuinely laughs when he you know like pies haha and it's just like such a sweet conclusion to the scene um which is utterly bizarre (laughs) (laughs) so weird um so it's kind of the only way it can end but uh i think it's It's really really great it's lovely and it's blue. We, we mentioned that, but Mr. Ha Ha is blue. Totally. The misogynist. He comment. totally he's, is. And he's putting undue pressure on a very elderly participant in your child's she thing. I mean, she doesn't do want to do it, dude. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. All right. So let's, uh, to the, the, third, the third vignette, uh, going back to Brooklyn, which mm. is super exciting. Um, and obviously the standout 
whom she appears three more times in the series is the actress Lenny Green, who plays young Dorothy, who's just like exceptional. <laughs> Fantastic. It's it's amazing. It's the kind of thing where I, um, whenever an episode featuring young Dorothy comes on and Michelle and I have been together at this point for over four years. I still am like, Michelle, you have to come, you have to come watch this. Look how good she is. Like, look at, the, look at her mannerisms. Look at the Arthur's man. I like, and I am on a mission to show everyone how wonderful this actress is and how much of B. Arthur and how much of Dorothy's born act she just I know. It's incredible know. to me. It's like a case study in acting. Yep. <laughs> Move over, Mail Street. <laughs> <laughs> She so like she made sure so again I got this from Jim Colucci's book like she made sure she watched old tapes like she made sure she did the role so respectfully because you could you could take that role in for anybody but particularly for B Arthur and make it into a caricature right like you could really lay it on thick about being like look at these manu- mannerisms and all these other things but um, you know it she talks about how like she you know she did it so respectfully and B. Arthur was actually absolutely on board is, is how it was reported um, when she's talking about this, uh, which is great. And it's, it's just so nice that like, you know, B. Arthur was like one of her heroes, right? Like an acting hero. And it's just so lovely that she got this opportunity to sort of pay an homage to her on her own show. Yeah. It's so good. I, I do love the flashback episodes. I'm not, um, I'm not crazy about, Sal as a character and I actually feel like I've observed via the internet that that's a kind of a common sentiment people don't love him and don't don't really love the don't love the portrayal of him nor do they love the character um but I love the flashbacks as a concept and I wrote in my notes that I am so jealous of whatever gay man got to design the set of their their 1950s Brooklyn house um their 1930s Brooklyn house um because it's just wonderful like the touches the detail and like the furniture all of it is just it's it's wonderful I want everything that's on oh, that man. set I know what uh, so tell me more about Sal like how what are your feelings about Sal uh, you know I don't I don't know I never really felt strongly about him either way he's kind of a dude <laughs> yeah. like I always you know like he's he's inoffensive to me I think I wish there was more of like Dorothy actually saying what she thinks about him because yeah. I, I trust her opinion. That's a good point. Um, whereas Sophia, not to say she's an unreliable narrator here, but you know, she loved him. It's, I think it's yeah. different. Um, he's kind of a bunch of fine. I don't. Yeah, exactly. He's what do you acting think like an him? ass. Um, <laughs> I love him from that perspective, but I do often think that there is this like, pig-headedness that him and Sophia have in all these scenes where it's like blah 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 fight insult insult and then it's like but I really love you at the end it's it's sort of like the same it's more nice accent. thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Italian. Italian. um no but it's like I, I don't know it's more of my complaint with the, the way he's written of just like I think it's the same kind of patter over and over again you know it's kind of interesting but um I don't know I think he's 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 fine and it's like this (laughs) some probably somewhat offensive stereotype of like he's always in this undershirt and just like loafing about the house while Sophia fucking slaves away also this like this episode is fascinating because he's like 
hidden but not because it's like we see that we see the character it's not a charlie you know that we never actually see or a phil or somebody who's like off screen all the time but it's really kind of a a bizarre twist um yeah I know. I was wondering if maybe they weren't sure they were always going to get the same actor to play yeah. Sal, so they didn't want to commit, but they did. I mean, they, they surely did. did. Yeah, exactly. So, That's really interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's, There's no, no replacing, replacing that. that. Um, but yeah, I agree. He's kind of one-dimensional. He's not, he's just, he's also, what I appreciate, he's not actually in it enough to really make an impact yeah, at all. That's so That's true. Whatever. Um, also, another anecdote from the Jim Colucci book uh re this vignette is like apparently Tony Thomas you know he's one of the producers he he Mm -hmm. said um he said the scenes in Brooklyn are nice but I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to see the golden girls (laughs) so (laughs) fair but it's like I'm like boy you're you're pissed about this episode I got news for you about the next episode man yeah (laughs) let's let's talk about that it's uh yeah it's kind of hilarious but it is lovely and i i'm glad that you know lenny green as we said did such a great job here that they they bring her back numerous times it's like it's really nice yeah 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 she's wonderful and i i always do enjoy the the flashbacks and not because of sal obviously it's because of dorothy and and sophia it's also fun to see estelle getty as what estelle getty really looks (laughs) like like as her (laughs) own age shocking the first time you see that you're like I know. Isn't that so funny? It's great. Um, Also, the other, you know, the next vignette here where we're talking about uh, Blanche's party, right? And uh, I love Sophia's What's a Lanai? Yeah! (laughs) Which is funny because it's like so down in the, the, you know, the mix. We're at the end, the very end of the uh, second season and that now they're finally explaining, you know, the in-joke about like, if you're not from Florida, you don't know what the fuck this is. And this is, yeah, and this is the deleted by authority of the governor. <laughs> That's right. Iconic. Also, um, <laughs> I just love the idea of the, like, the surprise, you know, uh, birthday party that we were talking about of, like, you would be the Sophia of, like, I'm here for your surprise birthday party. <laughs> what do you mean? I saw a whole party yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would, and I would also be Blanche because I I do not like to know about this. Other people are conniving. Yeah, do not like to be the recipient of surprises. (laughs) So um, when Blanche is like talking about how she hates surprise parties, I also like it depends on the context, obviously. But I find that as I'm getting older, I am less interested in small talk without a purpose, like. I don't mind if I'm like, if I'm like at a wedding and I'm like just, you know, mingling with like new people, I love that. But like, I don't, like, I hate the first five minutes before a meeting when you're like, oh, what's the weather like? You know, like, I just, (laughs) I know. And it just reminded me of it because, um, like, they're talking, she's talking about how they threw her a party at work. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, thinking about work parties, it's just like you you're talking to people that you only know in certain contexts and also the other thing about a party at work is that there's often no alcohol so it's like extra difficult to like pull topics out of people it's not like your friends like they obviously do which is like throwing you a party because they know you and like want to celebrate you and work is just a strictly obligation like oh 
Right. So apparently, it's a thing in our culture that when you're born, we have to do a party. It's so hey, it's like. <laughs> but yeah, totally feel with Blanche here. Um, I'd like to also point out that Dorothy is wearing the gay funeral in New Orleans outfit for Blanche. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And she's wearing the like the dress with boots look here, which I think you talked about in um in the episode oh, with yeah, Kate, exactly. and it's like, oh yes, that's you can see that that's a, a family, family trait. Exactly, family she thing. got her fashions. Yeah. Kate got her fashion sense from Dorothy. Oh my god, um, but yeah, the the hot body oil dispenser um little gag next to Blanche's bed <laughs> is is really great. Um, but also, so, so obviously we have this like flashback, you know, and they have all the guys, all the doofy men come out of the lanai, you know, for the party. Oh, sorry. She doesn't want you to be here. And then we flash back to the, you know, Roberta's party, quote unquote, and they go into the, you know, the living room to meet Roberta and surprise it's actually for Blanche, even though her birthday is next week. (laughs) And for me like who loves surprises not like you i'm like this is fucking great that's a great surprise you have to constantly up the ante if she was like you'll never do a better surprise you know you're like challenge accepted (laughs) motherfucker we're celebrating your birthday the day after your birthday you know like all of these weird things i actually completely forgot about that little twist and i thought that was fantastic (laughs) yeah yeah that's funny because i mean very we are who we are i wrote like she wouldn't. She didn't realize it was for her a week before her birthday. Yeah, I love it. I love it because I'm like, woo! Oh my god, she had no idea. Because <laughs> also, yeah, it's also, nice. Who the fuck is Roberta, guys? <laughs> right. Every year without a headstone is a milestone. Um, <laughs> so one last thing is that I was very careful to go back and ensure that the doofy gaggle of white men uh, had at least changed their fucking costumes from the flashback scene to the uh you know the present day scene and indeed i will report through the help of my husband he was very excited to help me track this one down um that they were actually different costumes like for instance the 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 guy the lead guy in the last conga line who i just can't with the grin on his face um he doesn't have glasses in the other one so like you know he's wearing a different sweater so i was like all right they tried you know um all right i'll, I'll take, take it. it yeah but it was <laughs> there's so many goofy old skeezy dudes dancing it's just uh it's quite a it's quite a you know ridiculous note to end on yeah actually one thing and um, i i feel like i'm sounding so curmudgeon in this <laughs> one but i also remember conga very vividly from weddings when i was a kid i feel like oh, it was big, wow, big, big. Yeah. and you know my mom my mom has a lot of siblings my mom is not 13 so i was going to a lot of weddings and i my mom's on the young the very young end of that group but i was also born when she was fairly young so like i went to a lot of weddings when i was a kid and I just remember even at like six years old being like, not the fucking line. <laughs> like, you would. Not again. <laughs> yeah, I was really not into it. Well, you know, I think it's probably safe to say you don't have like too many people who can properly do a conga line in, in, in your family. <laughs> so it's like, it's always like drunken New Jerseyans, like just a bunch of doofy white people who have no rhythm. Like, <laughs> not really doing it yeah. justice from where it really comes from. Nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing a conga line correctly in Audubon, New Jersey. I <laughs> yeah. can almost guarantee yeah, at you. The, at the fucking holiday and ball ballroom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Well, that was a piece of cake. I love it. All right, folks, join us next time when we're going to discuss what many people believe to be the worst episode of the Golden Girls. Even though, spoiler alert, it's not actually an episode of the Golden Girls. 
Got him. Got him. <laughs> Take care.